Welcome to Mystic Mondays. I'm Amy. I'm Lauren. And we are on episode four of season eight of The Vampire Diaries, and it's titled... An Eternity of Misery. Yep. Brother. (laughs) Can't stand it, can you? Hey, it stays with the original quote. That is correct. Well, we start the episode off in 750 B.C., and there are two sisters laying on the ground and one, or two girls laying on the ground, and one is telling the other a bedtime story about Arcadius, the legend of Arcadius. Because one of the girls wanted to hear a bedtime story that was not sad, but I think they kind of failed. So it is pretty sad because this guy had psychic powers and the people in the village were not so fond of it, so they burned him at the stake. Like the witch he was. (laughs) And when they burned him at the stake, he realized that he was not the evil one, that all of them were evil. Or monsters, as we like to refer to them today. Sure. So he, like, gets mad, and he starts using some of his psychic power, and all of a sudden, it seems like the flames are even bigger than they were before, and weird things are happening. And then we're into present day of the episode. <laughs> so, Stefan and Caroline are having a cute phone call. I will say, her makeup and hair were very on point in that scene. Makes me a little jealous. Lauren has one nice thing to say about a Stefan Caroline scene. Hooray! Good job! It was hard. Okay, so basically they're explaining why Bonnie and Enzo are not going to be in this episode. Yeah, because Bonnie has Enzo locked up and she's trying to drain him of all his blood so that that way she can try to get him to flip his humanity. Stefan says, if anybody can do it, it's Bonnie. And that's all we see of Caroline. Yes, except they have this cute little interaction where he's like telling her what all is going on and she's like, is that fiance talk for everything's going to be okay? And he said, yeah, I think it's I love you. I'm pretty sure it's fiance talk for I'm going to throw up a little in my mouth. I loved it. Of course. They're just so cute, and I like it that they're happy with each other, even if they're not happy anywhere else. That is the last we see of Caroline. Stefan is with Alaric, and they are at the armory. They're going to try to figure out why Sybil still has a hold over Damon and how to break it. Yes. So they're going to confront Sybil. But before they can do that, Georgie shows up. And she's talking to Stefan and Alaric. And she brings coffee and bagels and they're mean to her. How can you be mean to someone who brings coffee and bagels? It's true. Maybe it's just the fatty in me. (laughs) (laughs) And she leaves while still holding the coffee and bagels. And I'm like, that is a major fail. Fool, I'm not giving you this coffee and bagel. You are a jerk. That's what I'd like. I would be like, Stefan, compel her to give me the bagel. (laughs) Lauren's really want a bagel. (laughs) I like carbs. But Georgie makes this crack about, he said, I told you not to come in today. Alaric does. And she says, you know, well, I wanted to come and see what's going on. And she says, what have you, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all being weird? You got a woman in the basement tied up in the basement or whatever. They're all like, uh. Way to play cool, guys. 
As much as they've had to lie about stuff, you would think they would be better at this. But for real. <laughs> the look on their faces is like, how do you do know? Guys, it's not every day that you have women tied up in basements. So maybe we just pretend that was a joke. But I think part of that is for the audience. As you know, if you listened to last week's episode, Lauren was certain that Georgie is the other siren and that she knew all of the things. Yes. And I thought that Georgie was the other siren and that she didn't know all the things. You're going to learn we're both not right. (laughs) Well, no, that's not true. She didn't know all of the things. (laughs) <laughs> there, there is one thing. Okay, so... But she is not the siren. So she leaves, but it's like super sketch. And so you're, you're thinking, okay, she knows something. She's being weird. Well, and technically she does know something because she was there watching them as they captured her. That's true. So she knows that there is a woman tied up in the basement. And she knows... That there was some supernatural stuff happening. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't just hit tuning forks on cars and people crumble to the ground. They go down to the basement to deal with Sybil, and they are talking to her about, like, trying to get answers. And she's annoyed because it's Sybil, and she only wants to talk about Sybil. Yep. And she's like, all Damon, Damon, Damon. And I was like, Brady Bunch reference, here we go. But she says, you know, you're always trying to save your brother, but the only way to save him is to hear a story about me. Because of course it's about her. What else would it be about? The story is that there was a girl on an island who had psychic powers. She was exiled to this island because of her psychic powers. And once she got to the island, she met another girl there who also had psychic powers. While they were on the island, it was pretty barren. There were berries. Not much food. That was it. Oh, and some wild boar. Yeah, but was that just a cover? Yes. They see a ship, and the island girl tells the village girl to cry out to the ship, and so they're singing a siren song. And you think that the ship is going to come and save them, at least that's what the village girl thinks, but that's not what happens. I would just like to note that that ship turned around a lot faster than it would have in real life. (laughs) Because, A, it takes a really long time for a ship to turn. Ask the people on the Titanic. But also, the fact that way back when the story was being told, there were men that were having to row that boat. They are there using their minds to amplify their voice and cry out to the ship and get the ship to come to them. And then there's all these really sharp rocks and the ship crashes. So the girl, the village girl, is really upset because she thought she was going to be safe. And the other girl's like, it's going to be fine. So the island girl you know, says that there's provisions that are washing up on the shore and she goes down and collects them. Some of it is meat. Uh Uh-huh. And she cooks up the meat and the village girl eats the meat, which just happened to be those sailors. Didn't she say something about, like, you knew about this, you'd done this before? Yes. Or something. Like, you knew this was going to happen. The island girl did it on purpose, clearly. Yeah. The island girl 
is like, fine, fine, we won't do this anymore. And she goes and hunts the quote unquote wild boar, um, which are still sailors. <laughs> yeah, so once the village girl finds out, she's of course upset. And she thinks she's become a monster, even though she didn't know what she was doing. And she throws herself off the side of a cliff. As she is dying, the island girl is trying to save her. And that's when Arcadius appears. He says that people call him Cade. Arcadius, Cade, is going to save the girl but they're basically going to have to be his minions and capture all the evil souls. But he says, you have to pay a price because all magic comes at a price. And if you watch Once Upon a Time, you already knew this. Every episode, they say it like five times. <laughs> um, so he saves them. They they accept his terms, Rumpelstiltskin. They are now cursed forever. But they get beauty. And youth. So, you know, there's something. I know a whole lot of people that would sell their souls for that. <laughs> um, so, she's telling this whole story. She keeps asking Stefan if he's the island girl or the village girl. And she's, like, bringing up all his past sins and saying, you know, Damon, you turning Damon into a vampire is still very fresh in his mind. Or you forcing him to do it. Stefan keeps insisting that all has been forgiven and that the brothers have moved on. And that anything between them would be forgiven because of their bond being so strong. She even brings up the Ripper of Monterey and he says, you know, I'm not that person anymore. She's like... Yes, you are. I mean, your your soul has already been damned to hell. And he's like, I don't believe in hell. She quickly informs him that Damon has seen hell and that he believes it. And what Cade created when he was burned at the stake, he created another world. And whether you want to call it hell or not, it is what you imagined hell to be. I mean, it, there is no fun there. Well, because, like, Cade used all of his psychic ability... To, like, create this horrid place. But Cade is doing that to punish all the evil souls. Basically for what they did to him, but for what they do to anybody. He's very focused on this good versus evil. And evil deserves punishment. Yeah, he is. I mean, Stefan talks about how he's tried to become a good person. And Stefan has become a good person. I mean, he he tries his best to do the right thing and to make all the people around him do the right thing. He has done everything he can to make up for all the bad things he's done. She says something like, your soul has been damaged by that. Your soul has been marked. You're doomed. You have done bad stuff. And none of those things that you've done can make up for all the bad. I liked it when Stefan is telling her that, that he is both the island girl and the village girl. Because it's true. You know, mm -hmm. he is the person who's done the really bad thing. But he's also the person who has tried to do the right thing. And, and steer other people who are doing bad things in the right direction. Yes. But at the same time, I was like, Stefan, you are a village girl. But you think you are the island girl. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Before he said he was both. Oh no, I was like, you're an island girl. 
You forced your brother to eat humans when he did not want to. You have got island written all over you. <laughs> you just don't want to admit it to yourself because you've been spending all these years trying to be the village girl. But we know. And it was clear that Sybil knew too. Well, Stefan was in trouble because the next thing you know, she says something Sybil does about Stefan underestimating his brother or overestimating his brother's willingness to forgive just like she has underestimated her sister and about that time Stefan gets stabbed in the neck by what we guess is her sister and it's Georgie. Then there is Alaric who is in the cave because he does what no one in Vampire Diaries or any horror movie really ever should which is, go into a cave by yourself. Has he not learned anything from the other seasons? No. Alaric, don't do it, bro. Don't go into the cave. But he does, and Georgie locks him in there. But and he knows the way out, fortunately. Oh no, it was so bad, y'all. It was so bad. He has this really long strip of cloth. Not entirely sure where he got that. Um, But he has it, and so he's called Caroline and is leaving her a message and says, you know, I have this blindfold so I can block off my sight, but hearing's going to be a little more difficult, but, you know, it's nothing a little vampire blood can't fix. And then he uses the knife to pop his eardrums. It was so gross, and I put my fingers in my ears. Even I, who can usually stand a whole bunch of this stuff, that... It, no. There was a line. There was a line that was about three miles back. <laughs> it was gross. And you didn't really see anything, but it was just like the knife going into his ear. And I was like, danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Make it stop. Well, because you knew what was happening. And it, they ooh. did it in such slow motion that it was just cringy. It was gross. And ugh. I was super stressed. Super stressed. But he had to do that because that's the only way to get out. And it just like magically leads you out. So we're finally going to get to see where this leads to. And of course, it's the birthplace of everything. Mystic Falls, Virginia. Right in front of City Hall. And Stefan has been knocked out by Georgie because she stabbed him in the neck. After Stefan is stabbed in the neck, he is in this sort of dream world that's on the island. He's in Sybil's memories. Because Sybil got in his head. Yeah. And so she's continuing the story, which we've already broken down. As she's telling him the story, he figures out who the other sister is, and it's Kale. Do you know why? Because nobody can eat Kale and be a good person. So Nanny Kale is not sticking to a great diet because she's eating people. So as soon as we hear that it's Celine, and we're freaking out about it being Celine because you know okay. she's the nanny, yeah, and there are some girls, and some we've very already cute little girls found out that they are in some trouble, some big trouble, and they want to hear a bedtime story from Celine, but not a sad one, and she's telling them the legend of Arcadius. I'm like, I'll I see what you did there. So, what's the theory here, Lauren? What do you mean? We think that the girls are the new sirens. Yes, she's grooming them to be new sirens. I'm really stressed. 
You know what? Kai would put an end to this. Kai would put an end to this, but that he would also kill the girls. Oh, that's true. Um, because you know he wants to rule forever. Kai was such a fun villain. Kai was fun. I miss huh. Kai. I know. After Nanny Kale puts them to bed, she caught Georgie in the house earlier. And did we talk about that? No. Okay. So, when Georgie left the armory, she immediately goes to Alark's home and breaks in with a knife because what a great skill to have. That's not sketch at all. And, but then she hears the alarm because, of course, there's an alarm. This is Alark's house. And <laughs> she just kind of pretends it does not exist. And goes to find this journal that she wants. Celine Nanny Kale catches her and she calls Alaric and tells her that Georgie's being sketch. And the reason she's doing this is to set it all up to make it look like Georgie's the bad guy, when in reality, it's Celine. Celine, we find out, has mind controlled Georgie into medicating Stefan. And locking Alaric in the vault. Then Georgie calls her and is like, why have I done this? And she says, meet me out on this dark, creepy roadside and I will tell you. And so she meets her and she talks about how she killed that girl in the car accident. And then she wrings Georgie's neck and Georgie falls to the ground. But... Her spirit comes out of her body, and then we see Nanny Kale eating Georgie. Oh, it was also gross. It was kind of gross. I was disgusted. I mean, it was, she just like straight up. Just ripped into it. Just raw. Ugh. Ugh. And then we see Georgie getting dragged to hell. Yeah, okay, so the very last scene, we're going to get to Damon and all of his Nonsense. Yeah. That's what it was. But Georgie sees Nanny Kale eating her and she's like, what is happening? What is going on? And you see her, like the lights are flickering on the street signs and her body is dragged up into the air. And Lauren and I were like, we've seen this before. I'm so excited because I have said from the moment that she got dragged away that we would see Catherine again and Amy kept telling me no. That we have written an obituary to her and that she is gone. And I said no because you cannot get rid of her. And now she's coming back. Lauren, the reason I said she's not coming back is because Nina Dobrev left the show. They will find a way. I'm not saying that she's not going to be back in the last couple episodes. And you know what? I would love to see Catherine probably more than any other character on the show. But Nina Dobrev's got to come back for Catherine to come back. I know this. But you were telling me this ever since season five. Or maybe six. It was six. When Nina Dobrev said she was no longer doing the two characters. Yes, but I always knew she was coming back. Lauren, I don't even know how to argue with you because I was telling you based on what the actress said. She said she was, the schedule was too crazy. She wasn't doing that anymore. And then she left the show. So you can't really have the character... That looks just like Nina Dobrev without Nina Dobrev. If Martina McBride can sing with Elvis Presley, then they can bring Catherine Pierce back with no Nina Dobrev. Okay. You know it's true. Okay. But I'm right. 
I'm right, and I'm happy about it. We still haven't seen her. I, I don't mean, care. You also said that Georgie was the other siren in the last episode. Well, I'm not always right, but I'm right about this. I know things. Lauren predicted some other things this week, too, and she was dead wrong about those. So, anyway, so Stefan, of course, is concerned about it being Celine. That's his fiance's children's nanny. And also, I really hated that Sybil was trying to, like, make us feel bad for her. And, oh, the poor village girl, and she didn't know what she was doing. And then she was trying to be so good that she tossed herself off the cliff. And I was like, Sybil, you've done horrible things just in this episode. You're the worst. Stop trying to pretend like you're cool. That's what I was like, Sybil. We are on to you. Get off your high horse. She is the worst. She continues to be the worst. I hate her and I don't feel sorry for her because if she was actually good, she wouldn't have done all this horrible stuff. You don't have to eat people. There's always kale. But she isn't going to let Stefan hold on to this information. So she clears his brain of that memory and allows him to wake back up. But he remembers that Sybil has a sister The sister is the bad one, but he can't remember who the sister is. He's like, I don't care. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna save Damon. I've got to figure out a way. He says, you know, I'm gonna save both of us. And she says, to do that, you're gonna have to kill the devil. And I was like, oh, piece of cake. Killing the devil? So easy. Have you met all these other people that we've run into? It's just the devil. So while all this crazy was going on. And it was crazy. There is Damon. Damon. You know what he didn't say this episode? What? Applesauce penguin. I know. And it made me sad. I kept listening for it. I want to know what applesauce penguin means. There was nothing that got us closer to applesauce penguin. At least that we know of yet. But so we see him pull in to a mechanic shop in his fabulous car that was supposed to have been burned in the Mystic Grill. Um, which we're really glad it wasn't because it was a really nice car. Such a nice car. And there's this guy who's like welding things and he asks him if he is Peter Maxwell and the guy's like, no, I'm just a hired hand. Damon decides to have some fun. Unfortunately. Well, I don't know that he intended to at first, but it ended up that way. Yeah, well, he was pretty much just complaining about having to do what Sybil wants him to do. And he makes a quip about, you know, women controlling you. And the guy's like, oh, I know all about that. I've been married five times. And suddenly, Damon's, like, bad radar starts pinging in his head. Yeah. Ding, ping, ping, ping. So he compels him. A terrible thing. And says, tell me what's the worst thing you've ever done. And he says, one of those five wives, I killed her. And covered it up to make it look like an accident. And I was like, dang, dude. Uh, I was like, is every person in the Vampire Diaries universe terrible? Because we've met some bad people and it's bad people that they just randomly encounter. I hope that if I walked out in the street in New York City and I just grabbed a person, I grabbed five people, that all five of them wouldn't be like, yep, killed somebody. No, they would be. It's New York City. Um, (laughs) You would need to go somewhere different. So Damon's like, okay, you have to stand there. And he pours gasoline on him. Then he's like, all right, you can get back to work now. Because the guy was welding. And do you know what happens when you weld things? 
You light on fire. Really badly. It was a little scary. He was on fire. But Peter Maxwell shows up and is grabbing the fire extinguisher because Peter Maxwell thinks that's going to help. And you know what? It's not. That dude is dead. So Damon stops him and is like, I've been told that you have a family heirloom I need. And the guy's like, I don't have any heirlooms and I don't know what you're talking about. And Damon's like, you're lying to me. So he throws him up against a wall and is like, tell me if you've ever heard anybody compelling him. And the guy's like, I have no idea what you were talking about, crazy man. So he compels him to, you know, look around and find him this heirloom. And he keeps bringing him stuff, but it's never what he wants it to be. And he's like, I don't know what you want. I'm telling you, I don't know anything. Well, first he said that there was a box of heirlooms that his son was wanting So Damon's like, well, you call him and get him over here. Maybe he can help. Pete calls his son. Then Damon sees this watch on his hand and is like, how'd you get that watch? He said, my son gave it to me. And Damon's like, you know, well, that's a family heirloom. Give it to me. So he takes it off and chunks it at Damon. And Damon's skin burns because we're vain. He is like, you've been holding out on me. And he's stabs the he stabs Pete and then suddenly Damon is shot with a wooden bullet we see the shooter and it's Maddie Blue Eyes with a haircut his hair looks so good but he looks better than ever I think so and Twitter agrees with me oh well of course I mean if Twitter agrees so Damon gets shot by Matt multiple times As soon as he has Damon down, he looks at the other guy and says, Dad? And I was like... And everyone took a collective gasp. Yes. Maddie Blue Eyes' father. What is happening? Because I don't know. I just always thought his dad was dead. Me too. I mean, everybody else is dead. Why would his dad be? Except for his mom, who just kind of rolled out. Oh, I thought she was dead too. Again, I just assume everyone in his life is dead. Well, it's getting closer to true. He saves his dad by having him feed on Damon's blood. And during that little interaction, we found out that Matt's dad had no idea. Not a clue about any of this. But they chain Damon up while he's questioning him. He is told by Damon that he killed, that Damon killed Tyler. And he gives him very specific information about where he left Tyler to die. He wants Matt to know everything and go find him and tell everyone what a horrible, horrible person he is. So while Matt is off doing that, Damon pulls down this big wire metal shelving unit. That you find in like all garages. Yeah. And it tumbles down on him. Damon lets out a audible groan and then is like, my precious. And he's got this weird ball that has a M and some other... It's like a crest, sort of. It's like an M with a symbol. I thought it just had the symbol for hell on it. I don't think so. Oh. I thought it was the M. Well, I mean, let's be real. I didn't take a real good look because I just figured it was the symbol for hell. But... I was thinking for Maxwell. Oh. Also possible. he's like, Sybil's going to be super excited to see this. And I'm like, what are you going to do with a cannonball, Sybil? Other than, like, put a hole in the floor. Yeah, I don't know. 
Do you know how heavy those things are? I don't know what's going to work out with that. Well, actually, it kind of looks like a shot put. It does look like a shot put. Yeah. So maybe these are from like the first Grecian games. Maybe so. Who knows? But hopefully we'll find out. Yeah, so he is going to take that back to Sybil. And then the saddest part of the episode to me, Matt's driving with his dad and they're having a nice talk about Matt's dad not being in his life. And he's talking about his grandmother, Matt's grandmother. He says that she used to have a saying about drinking this tea. Yes, that every morning she would get up and make tea. And she would say... A cup of vervain a day keeps the vampires at bay. His dad, Matt, was explaining to him all about the vampires and the vervain and whatever. And his dad was like, that never made sense until now. Yeah, and Matt was like, whoa, my family knew about this. So maybe I'm not as out of it as I thought I was. But so they pull up in like parking lot. It's so bad. And then you see the Mustang. And they walk over and his dad offers to do it for him so that he doesn't have to see his best friend dead in the trunk of a car. But of course that's not Matt. No, he is always the first one to put himself on the line for stuff and he was trying to be brave and and do right by Tyler and he opens the trunk and there is Tyler. I thought for a second that I was like, how are they going to have him be alive? But when he said he took him in a car still bleeding out or whatever, I thought maybe there's some way. But he opens the trunk and Tyler is very dead. And poor Matt just breaks down. And like crumples to the ground and is like hugging his dad. And I mean, it really is like the saddest thing. It is so sad and it reminded me of him crying over Vicky and I mean we've seen him cry like this a couple of times crying over Jeremy I mean it's rough and poor Maddie Blue Eyes I just need him to be happy I mean that was his best friend for like ever yeah I mean in the very first episode We see Tyler and Matt together, you know, they are so close to one another and they've been through so much together. I mean, Tyler deeds him his house. Yeah, they cared about each other a lot and then for this to happen and Matt to be the one to have to find him, it's just, oh, it breaks your heart and I don't like to see Matty Blue Eyes sad. And who knows, this may be the last straw for Matt. We gotta hit it sometime. I thought everybody in his life was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, this is not someone who has led a happy life. But there's still hope. Maybe. We shall see. I hope so. I mean, that's really it. It's a lot of stuff happens. The, The story takes up the majority of the episode, just as it probably will for the episode of this podcast. Mm hmm But... It was cool seeing the flashbacks to ancient Greece. Uh, well, that'd be before Greece. I mean, that's like... It, well, it's BC, 750 Mesopotamia BC. Mesopotamia kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, crazy. But it's cool seeing flashbacks again because that's such a, a big element of the show and a fun element of the show. Yeah, I love me a good flashback. So it was cool to have that back. It's always great to see Maddie Blue Eyes, especially this version of Maddie Blue Eyes where he's not out to get his friends but 
just being the hero that we know Maddie Blue Eyes to be. AKA trying to transition back in human world while having all of this knowledge. I like Stefan because Stefan and Damon are both like so complicated and sometimes one is the bad guy and sometimes the other is the bad guy and sometimes neither of them are the bad guy. It's cool to see Stefan try to grapple with that and it's funny because he has such a a heavy sense of morality but he was like not having it about Hill. Like he just didn't want to believe that that was a thing. But he knew about the other side and he knew that it was disappearing and people were either finding peace or going somewhere else and that somewhere else is where Catherine Pierce is. He wasn't present for that, but I'm sure he heard an account of it happening. I mean, if he didn't, then they've been holding out on him. They really have. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really interested to see where this goes. Me too. Oh, this episode has piqued my interest. I mean, I think this whole season has been strong, but like last episode was hard for me because just so much happened that I felt like I couldn't keep up with what was happening. And this episode, the pacing was still great and kept it really interesting. But I mean, you hear us talking like there are really two storylines that are happening and we're following the two and there's little other things that are happening and there were twists over and over. Like first, you think that it's Georgie and you find out that the siren has a sister and you think that it's Georgie, and then you find out that it's Celine, and she's there with the kids. And also in this episode, Sybil says that Damon is still doing her bidding because deep down he wants to. And I was like, you are so ridiculous. Like, you have, well, let yourself think that you're way more important than you actually are. No, I actually kind of wonder if that statement is not true. Because she's done away with his good memories of Elena and replaced them with memories of her. But I'm saying, like, Damon didn't just decide on his own to serve her because he wants to. True. It's she has ruined his mind. And shown him hell. And he's like, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to not end up there. He is not gonna be on everybody's good side. I'm worried for him going forward. I'm worried for Stefan. I'm worried for everybody. I'm especially worried for those little girls. I need her to stay the heck away from the little girls. More so than anything, yes. But, you know, we're in an interesting position now because it's one of those times, and I love, I really do love it when shows do this. Sybil knows that Celine is her sister, but nobody else does. Well, Georgie does. Well, Georgie's dead. No, Georgie's in hell. She's dead and in hell. But, you know, the rest of the characters, the audience is going to have this knowledge and the rest of our characters are going to be operating without having this knowledge. And I think that's always kind of cool because you're like, come on, guys, figure this out. Well, and it also, again, alludes back to season one with the whole, we know they're vampires, but it takes us about, what, four to six episodes before anybody else figures out they're vampires? Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting seeing who figures it out. I'm interested to see when we'll see Cade. I don't know, but we're clearly going to see him. At some point in time. Oh, for sure. Big boss man coming to visit. 
it's always frustrating, at least for me, I don't know about you, when these characters come in and are judging our favorites, you know, on whether or not they're a good person. And I think that's just so unfair because... Stefan, once upon a time, yes, but Stefan is a good person, sometimes to a fault. And so it's hard to see somebody be like, you're terrible and this is going to happen to you because you're terrible. And it's like, no, he's probably a better person than you are. Morally superior villains really irritate me. Yeah. All right, so how many stakes would you give this episode? I give it four. Me too. I feel like I'm getting close to giving the next one a five. I don't know. We shall see. Because... We can hope for the best. I'm reserving five for, like... The finale. Have me crawling on the floor with, like, glee. Um, Caroline and Stefan's wedding. Oh, heck no. That gets, like, negative six. Yeah, I gave it a four, too. I mean, I thought it was a good episode. A lot clearly happened. I liked the story... I like seeing Matt. I liked having some closure for for Tyler, even though Tyler may not have been my favorite character, but the people who I love care about him, and so... For some reason. It was nice to see Matt, you know, starting to grieve him, and... Yes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how our other characters do, and also how we find the devil to try and defeat him. And how much of that will be Caroline being pissed that this is interfering with wedding planning? I'm pretty sure that she's going to, like, snap her fingers and they're all going to be dead. We shall see how all of this comes to a close. I'm just really excited to hear about Matt's history. Because there's got to be some some crazy cool stuff. I hope his grandmother was a vampire hunter. (laughs) Of course. That would be cool. Also, I would like to see Jeremy at some point this season. You'll just, like, see him flash his head in somewhere and then <laughs> leave again. Just walking in the back of a scene. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow us on Twitter at TVD Mystic Monday, And you can email us at tvdmysticmondays at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Just let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. And we'll be back next week for more Vampire Diaries.